Welcome back to another exciting episode of Taverns and Caverns, everyone. This is your Dungeon Master, Haphazard DM. And today, we actually are going to be playing a side story. This will be side story episode nine, called Sorceress of Aloria. And today, we have four wonderful guests with us. We have one returning guest, Mr. Jacob Life. As you all know, he was a DM in another side story that we released. And what we're going to do is go ahead and introduce all of our guests today. Oh, I'm sorry. We have a second returning guest. Rod is back as well from one of our other side stories. But we're going to go ahead and we'll start with Jake. Uh, Jake and then Rod, Kai, and then Patrick. Kind of introduce yourselves so our audience knows who you are when, and give a brief explanation of your character, what they look like, what class, what race, things like that, before we can get the side story started. Sounds good. Uh, well, hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Jake. My last name is Life. I'm like the only one. Uh, I am returning as the character known as Eckhart Sorensen. Uh, Eckhart is a long-retired soldier of the Azurian Guard uh, who spent quite a few years inside of the decaying waste, helping to protect the greater portion of Tyrister from its threats. Uh, a very significant injury that he took forced him into an early retirement as a soldier and then to move into being a medical professional. Specifically, he became a doctor. Um, since then, uh, his journeys uh, in his later years have led him to Esselari. And with him, uh, being an SLRA for so long, he is an older gentleman. He is 56 years old. He is human. He's six foot one, 225 pounds, probably a lot heavier with his full plate on. Uh, and he's got bluish gray eyes and his skin is very leathery, almost like from texture, from spending so much time inside of the decaying wastes. Uh, and he's a blonde. What's left of the hair on the top of his head? All right. Perfect. Thank you so much, Jake. Rod, you are our second guest that is returning from a prior side story. Would you like to explain your character for the audience? Yes. Uh, my, I have a uh, warlock turtle. Uh, name is Yalar. He is roughly like 20 years old. Um, when he was a uh, young hatchling, probably about the age of three, a uh, little small village in the Dwarfen, or I'm sorry, Darkfin Marshes was attacked by bandits and whatnot. And since the adults there, by the time they have children, they're roughly about ready to die anyway. They couldn't really defend anybody. Um, so Yilar ended up making a pact with a uh, one of the gods of this uh of this world and he was able to save almost everybody um but with that kind of scared everyone in the village after that so he was kind of shunned off at an early age so from three on to like till till now he just been a hermit just living by himself so he's a little bit off um it's about 5'11", um, about 300 pounds with the this, with this shell. He wears a uh, camus cloak. Uh, that camus cloak is tannish, 
with um, like speckled spots of like a rust color on them um, for reasons. Uh, and that's about it. All right. Sounds good. Thank you so much, Rod. I appreciate you joining us again for another side story. And for our two new guests today, we have Kai and Patrick, but we'll go ahead and start with Kai. Kai, would you like to describe a bit of your character? You don't have to go into a full backstory or anything like that, but kind of give the audience, you know, a quick explanation of what you're playing. I know the the other two are kind of putting me to shame here. Um, (laughs) My name is Mark and I'm playing a wood elf beastmaster that has a soldier background. His name is Kai. He is uh, roughly 128 years old, and he's a soldier out of the Asia part of the world. And he's about 5'8". He has black hair, roughly shoulder length. He's light tan skin because he's outside all the time. And uh, he has a beautiful, beautiful wolf by his side named Luna. She is black with golden orange eyes that's that's about all i got all right no that's perfect thank you so much and our last guest pat would you like to explain a bit of your character as well please yeah thanks uh what's going on everybody i'm patrick um my character's name actually is sam london um he is a um he is a male Goliath rogue. Um, he stands out about eight foot tall, about 300, 300 pounds, roughly. Um, he's about 25. Um, he's got a little, I would say like a medium length long hair, or a medium length white hair on his head. Um, pretty much goes, uh, goes bare skin, except for like a loincloth type deal and maybe like a harness around his chest. Um, has a couple of distinctive tattoos on his face. Um, he actually grew up in the Strider Valley and got, he was a thief for a while, part of a guild, like a rogue rogue guild or a thief's guild, and got caught trying to steal a precious item from a visiting, uh, I guess you would call him like a pirate thief himself, and he got caught. So now he is in the area where we're at now because he was kind of forced to by the law. So Okay much it gotcha all right perfect well thank you so much and thank you again for joining us on this side story of taverns and caverns and with everyone kind of giving you a quick explanation of their characters we can go ahead and get this this party started we are we all good to go yeah all right awesome okay and really quick for for our lovely audience i just want you all to know patrick has some experience with dnd uh not too much and Kai or Mark, you also, he also has a very, very tiny, tiny bit of D&D experience, right? Kai, this is your first time, I think, right? This is my first time officially playing D&D. All right, awesome. So we have a brand new B here with us today. And I know Pat is still fairly new at D&D, so this is going to be fun. And again, as we're playing, both of you, feel free to ask questions as we're playing. We're playing on Roll20 right now. So if there's anything that pops up, just let me know and I'll answer as we go. But cool, we can go ahead and get this side story started. Again, this is Taverns and Caverns, Side Stories, Episode 9. 
Sorceress of Aloria. So the session is starting in the elven nation of Tirister known as Estelle Duin. Estelle Duin is a nation that is comprised of mostly high elves and is located to the southeastern portion of the continent. In Estelle Duin, there is a major town that is to the west of, sorry, excuse me, that is to the west of the mainlands of Estelle Duin. It is called Esselari. The major town of Esselari is the closest town in Estelle Duin that borders or almost, or is the closest town that is close to the borders of Estelle Duin going into the Darkfin Marshes. So most people that are traveling from the Darkfin Marshes to the west into Estelle Duin will usually stop at Esselari for supplies and whatnot. Now there are some villages in between but Esselari is the, the biggest town closest to the Darkfin Marshes. And the thing, the border basically that separates Estelduin from the Darkfin Marshes is the forest of the Shalune Woodlands. So in order to reach either nation from either side, you have to cross the Shalune Woodlands unless you travel by boat on Ashran's Bay. However, traveling from boat is not usually the best idea as you can see here. Well, no, they can't see, but traveling by boat through Ashrens Bay is probably gonna be a longer trek than actually walking through the Shalunay Woodlands yourself because the closest town on boat in the Darkfin Marshes that you could reach would be Kuzdrol. And that is directly south center of the Darkfin Marshes. It'd be a lot easier to just travel on foot through the woodlands. But again, we're starting our session in Esalari, and the four of you adventurers are currently sitting in the office of a retired veteran soldier by the name of Garrison Malboron. Garrison, again, is about 68 years old. He is a human male, and his life, he has always been a soldier. He is recently retired, and he has started a business, and his business is one of protection, he offers protection for travelers and anyone that may need protection from monsters while they're on their adventures or anything of that sort of thing. The four of you find yourselves in Garrison's office. He is sitting there at his desk behind this large oak desk, and he has this cup in his hand as he takes a sip from it. The four of you are sitting on two couches that are in the center of his office all around you are stone walls and a stone floor, but on the walls, you notice there are several heads of animals that he has hunted and has slain during his youth as a soldier. But as Garrison sits there behind his oak desk, he takes a sip from the cup and he slowly waves his hand to the four of you. And in the middle of the four of you, there is a table a uh, small coffee table with several pieces of food that you may help yourselves to, as well as drinks. And he waves his hand slowly to the four of you. <sighs> help yourselves to whatever you find there on the table. Welcome to my <clears throat> office of protection. Thank you for joining me here today. I have seeked out some of you and the others you have seeked out my services. Today, I am here to offer you a job. 
a job that you will be protecting an individual. Now, this job won't be easy. You'll be traveling westward through the dark fin marshes, through the nation of Zogun, into the decaying wastes. Now, before we begin any more of this discussion, please introduce yourselves to one another. I am not sure if any of you even know each other. And he looks at the four of you. Uh, Jake, I know you mentioned that your character was part of the Azurian Brotherhood. And you would, are you, would you say that your character knows Garrison or would you, or would your character only know of him? Oh, he would know Garrison for sure. Okay. So they would have this connection then at some, of some kind. Uh, so Garrison knowing Eckhart, is it, that's how it's pronounced Eckhart? Yeah, that's correct. My All name right. is Eckhart. All right. Garrison looks over at the old soldier, Eckhart, and he waves his hand. Ah, it is good to see you, Eckerd. I do know you. Please, why don't you start with your introductions? Happy to do so. We've got an interesting and lively bunch here with us today. Uh, can't say as I've seen a turtle face to face before, but, well, you're about what I expected. <laughs> well, I'm happy to be here to help. Uh, I know for many of you, traveling and making sure you've got the simplest forms of protection and healing, that's where I come in. I've been a doctor now for the last 10 years, and I'm a fervent follower of Penella. So I promise you, under the goddess's bright light, I will keep you all safe. Uh, so we're traveling all the way to the decaying wastes, huh? That is right. However, I am not having you go in, you're not going into the heart of the decaying waste. Thank the gods. I don't know anyone that would wish to do that, and I wouldn't send my my men and women into that that terrible place as you know being a retired soldier from the azurian brotherhood the decaying waste is no no place for for any mortal to step foot in it is a dangerous place however our let's just say our client wishes to be taken to the azurian stronghold in the northern portions of the decaying waste now that's much more of a safer place to go and i am willing to bet that the four of you can take her there but yes the decaying waste i wouldn't dally too long there and normally this isn't a place i would send any of you to however the payment that this lady has given us let's just say it is more than i've ever seen for protection going into the decaying wastes. Well, with that being the case, a heavier coin purse is a nice thing to have when you get around my age. And I haven't seen the brothers back in the Asia stronghold in, well, at least 20 years. Uh, I'm fine with taking care of that and making sure that our individual is well protected. As long as they're within the reach of my halberd, they will fear no evil. And as you speak, Garrison looks over at the turtle who is sitting next to Eckert, and he nods his head to the turtle. And as he does so, he looks down at his desk at a lot of the paperwork he has scattered all about, and he, he points down to it with one of his fingers. Ah, yes, you, 
Here your name is Yalar. You have magics, correct? What else oh. do you have to offer in this expedition? So while you guys were all talking, he was sitting there stuffing his face the whole time. <laughs> Glad to see you like the snacks that I've laid there for you. Oh, oh it's very delicious. Uh, yes, name's Yalar. I, uh, as you said, I'm a, I do know magic. I, uh, just here for some money. And I see. So <laughs> just another, another mage with the desire for gold. Yes. Well, why not? I never said there was anything wrong with it. You're here for gold. Just like most of the other employees that I have come here from time to time. Just know that my, my services as a protector, though, we are not a simple band of mercenaries. No, no, no. I hire individuals with class. I hire individuals with a code. Once you take this mission, you are attuned to it. Do you hear me? There is no backing out. If you back out, I take your payment back. Do you understand that, Yalar? We are oh, not, yes. I do not hire simple thugs, mercenaries that can turn back on those that hired them for more coin. Listen, once you accept the job here, you accept it. There is no accepting another. And if you do, let's just say you're fired and you won't get a gold from the services. And as he looks over at Yalar, he slowly turns his head to the next closest individual which is Kai, the wood elf. And he, he looks down at the paperwork. Ah, yes. Another soldier here. Kai, is it? What are you? What brings you here? You here for the coin as well? Kai, uh, putting his cup down to his lap, looks over at Garrison. I am here because I have served alongside you before, many, many years ago, when you were younger. And I thought it would be nice to work under your leadership one more time. Garrison, he puts, places the cup down onto his tail when he rubs his chin. You're mean to say you've served under me, boy. And he, he kind of leans forward and he just stares at you for a moment. Well, you must forgive me, Kai. It's, it must have been a long time ago when I've, I've done battles side by side with plenty of individuals and it's Hard to remember every single soldier while you're out there in the battlefield, but you know what? I don't, I do not remember you specifically, but if I did speak with you back in the day, welcome. I appreciate having you here, Kai, and I'm sure you'll be a, a great asset on this mission. <laughs> it's always interesting to hear about the tales of elves. <laughs> you're also long livid. Oh, but you've got a memorable face. One that is mostly obscured by my hood. <laughs> I'm, I'm used to this. <laughs> Garrison chuckles a bit. <laughs> I'm liking this so far. And then he looks over at the last individual sitting down or, or whatever you're doing, Sam Laundren, and he looks down at his paperwork. Here we are. Goliath, Sam Laundren. What brings you here, Sam? Gold, adventure, what is it? All right. As uh, as he was speaking with the last, or actually with uh, Yalar, 
he made a sly comment of uh, dealing with thieves and bandits and blah, blah, blah. Um, and as I was, as I was, as my character was sitting there um, inspecting the cheese, cause I thought it was a trap and then inspecting the funky smelling <laughs> liquid that's sitting in the cup in front of me, um, making sure that it wasn't poison. I, I like kind of pro- posture up as he starts talking about like simple thieves and things like that. And I am only here because the law says I have to be. I was caught stealing a precious item from a bandit such as I. And the, well, I guess, would they be called police? Would they be called like, what would they, uh, like the lawman be called? Uh, you could call them just guards or whatever from the area that you're in, or even even just like Five soldiers. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> the po po, <laughs> whatever you wanted to call them, you can. Okay, <laughs> the gods figured that they could use a man of my skills and talents, even though you seem to talk down upon them in your oh. mission. Garrison waved his hand. Oh, no, 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 Sam, you misunderstood me. I apologize, I am not here to offend you. Sounds like you have the skills of a rogue, am I correct? Absolutely. And I do not mean to... uh, to say the wrong things about those with the skills of a rogue. No, 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 no. That is not what I meant. What I meant was, my services here, I promise our clients that once we accept a task, we are attuned to it. We do not back out of it in case, let's just say, another person was to offer you more gold. I'm saying we we have a code here at my services. And when I mean mere mercenaries, I don't, you, a mere mercenary is one that will do anything who, to the highest bidder. We do not betray our contracts. Once you fill a contract, you're upheld to it with respect. That is what we do here. And that's what I'm looking for. I don't mean to say anything less of a rogue. Now, no, trust me. There are many missions we've had where rogues and thieves alike had their part. You all have your skills just like others have theirs. Do we have an understanding here, Sam? Absolutely. You will have my word, not only as a thief, but as a Goliath, that I will do the task that is at hand. I appreciate it. Think of it like the thieves' code, yes? You, the thieves have their own forms of codes, am I correct? Absolutely. But we don't just do any task for the highest bidder. We have to have a little bit of uh, personal gain with it as well. Of course, of course. And that is why I am bringing all four of you here today. You all have shown interest in this particular mission, whether it be for the gold or for the experience itself. But our client, she comes from a far away place. I don't think any of us here have ever been there. It is from a continent known as Ashai to the far Eastern lands. She says she hails from a place known as Aloria. I have heard of this nation of Aloria, and I've heard much of the Eastern continent of Ashai. However, my experiences there are absolutely none, 
Never been there. Don't think I wish to visit either. I hear there's quite the war happening there between the nations. But our client today comes from Aloria, and her name is Eska. Eska has come to us with a gracious amount of, of gold, I should say. Let us just say I'll be making quite a bit of gold with this client. And with the gold that I make, each of you will be earning enough to retire now. Listen, he leans forward. No client has ever offered my services this much gold before. 10,000 gold for each of you if you are to deliver her to the Azurian stronghold intact and safe. You hear me? Not a scratch is to be placed on this, on this woman's body. She is to be shielded from anything. She has told me that there might be those that are hunting her down. You might come across your, your common thugs or mercenaries that have taken a, a gold or two to hunt her down. Not only do you have to worry about the mercenaries out there, you have to worry about the monsters in the dark fin marshes. And even Zogun. Damn, even in the Shalune woodlands, you have to worry about creatures there. But with the four men such as yourselves and your, your caliber of skills, I don't think this would be too difficult of a task. However, she has definitely shown she is worth the gold. And as he does so, he, he grabs a small bag and places it onto his table. And you can just hear the loud bag just clash into the wooden oak. And you just hear gold scatter as it comes pouring out of the bag. Look at this gold here. This is 40,000 gold coins. This is only a portion of it. The rest of it... I'm not going to tell you, but you'll collect your rewards once she has been delivered to the Azorian stronghold. Now, I don't have any, any employees at the stronghold, as you would know. However, I have an office to the southeast of the Azorian stronghold, right before you hit the decaying waste in the nation of Zogun. There is a a city known as Galakron's End. To the south of Zogun, there I have an office. You will collect your payment at Galakron's End, just south of Galakron's Pinnacle. That is where your payment will be located. So once you have delivered her safely to the Azurian stronghold, you may leave her there and go collect your payment. Do we have understanding of what is to happen? Any questions? I have none. No, Seem, seems well put together. Good. I'm okay. Now, she has not explained of anything other than taking her and escorting her to the Azurian stronghold. So that is what your job is. No more, no less. Get her there, get out, and get to Galakron's end for your payment. Once you have reached Galakron's end, speak with my employees at my office. Trust me, you can't miss it. It's in the heart of town. I'll let them know that you're on your way there. Now, you're going to have to travel on foot. 
as you all know, traveling by sky right now is not the most reliable with the things that are going on in Darkfin Marshes. We're not going to be able to use any of the airships. The girl doesn't want to use airships anyways. I don't know why, but it's probably best you go on foot anyways. So, you are to start this mission first thing in the morning. You are to meet this Eska on the outskirts of town to the west. She'll meet all four of you there at 7 a.m. in the morning. Don't be late. All right, that's all I have. Are there any other questions? Negative. Very good. Now, this should be an easy task for the sum of gold that you're collecting. Like I said, 10,000 gold, I've never freaking heard of a thing. A client offering that much per adventurer, per per guard. Usually it's 10,000 gold for a split between 10 people. So get this job done. <laughs> you all have enough gold for the rest of your lives if you don't spend it poorly, if you know what I mean. And as he as he begins to push the gold back into his this bag, he leans back in his chair. Very well. Well, that's all I have of you. You may leave. Prepare yourselves for tomorrow. You have the rest of the day. Again, I don't want to hear another word from any of you until the task is complete. Now, whatever might be hunting this girl down, I don't know. But she comes from a faraway place, and I don't know what kind of people come from there or creatures. If she is transporting something important, I don't know. It could be that. Or maybe she just knows someone at the stronghold. I don't know, and I don't give a damn. All I care about is getting her there safely and then getting paid. But with that, you all four may leave. And Garrison, he just waves his hand as one of the guards outside the office opens the door to allow you all to walk out. This is the time when you all would leave and you would begin to prepare yourselves for the upcoming task at hand for the adventure. Now, uh, I know we're starting at level four and all of you have your equipment and skills and everything prepared. Now, I didn't give you guys like really a starting amount of gold, which is fine. We'll just go ahead and say that you all, we're just going to say that for this mission, you all start with a hundred gold. We'll just say that for any supplies such as potions or anything like that. You are going to have your traveling supplies already on you. You all are well-traveled individuals since you're level four already. So you, all of you have traveled before. So as far as like the micromanaging of your supplies for role-playing, your, your gear, we'll just say you have it for all purposes. Keep it easy. But with the four of you now standing there, the door opens and he just waits for the four of you to leave. And as he does so, do either one of you have anything else to say before leaving? Nope. I mean. um, Eckhart will say he won't say it to the rest of the group he's actually just going to walk up to Garrison mm. so with us leaving out the morning and I appreciate you equipping us with some nice traveling supplies I'd like to make sure that I'm fully equipped Garrison is it uh, possible that I could do a small advance on the money uh, to be able to go and maybe purchase up a few potions just so I can have that extra little bit save these weary bones from overcasting. 
Garrison looks up at you and he just nods for a moment. Mm. Fair point. And because I know you, Eckert, I know you're a man of your word and a man of your skill. I trust you more than any of the others because I know you. Tell you what. Yes, you may have an advanced payment. How many potions you looking to get? I think to play it safe, make sure that all of us have a decent retinue. Uh, why don't we do something along the lines of maybe two of those moderate potions a piece? I think that's a fair amount. And you don't have to take it from these uh, fine gents that we're following today. You can take it all from my own. Uh, very well. You may have that advanced payment. I uh, appreciate you. Before leaving my office, speak with the receptionist up front and tell her I told you that payment, advancement for potions, two moderate potions for each of you, and she'll get you those supplies. Good deal. Um, so for everybody who uh, this might be important for, um, so moderate healing potions will heal you for 4d4 plus 8. So 4d4 plus 8. So it takes an action to be able to, uh, I'm sorry, a bonus action to be able to take a healing potion, but just having that extra little bit, you know, if I'm not able to quite get to you in time to be able to heal you, that might be very helpful. Nice. Yeah, I'd say go ahead and uh, yeah, keep track of that. Everyone, I'd say you can add that to your character sheet. Add two moderate potions with that. And be, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, they don't grow on trees, though, gentlemen. <laughs> uh, so don't be blowing through them like it's fresh alcohol. <laughs> so as, as you step out of the office, Eckert, you and the three others, you reach the, the receptionist and you relay the message and she nods to you and as she steps she steps up and she points over to one of the guards and one of the guards in the office walks over to a door and opens it looks like it's a supply room and the man comes out with two potions for each of you so as he hands them out he nods to Eckert's comment about them not growing on trees and the card just he just nods to the four of you Damn right, they don't grow on trees. These aren't your simple healing potions. These are much better than the simple ones. I would use these only when necessary. And don't forget, you'll be traveling to the West. There'll be plenty of places to stop to shop for more potions if need be. Good luck out there. With that, I think uh, <clears throat> Eckert's probably going to head back to his home. Um, I imagine he probably has a small... Uh, housing there in Esselari and uh, we'll probably actually tuck in proper for the evening. All right. So what's everyone else doing? You have the rest of the night to do what your character needs to do before you meet with everyone tomorrow morning. Is, is uh, anyone else going to do anything specific beforehand or are you all kind of just going to rest for the night and we can go ahead and time skip to the morning? Did the, uh, the garrison, did he like chip in for us to get a free room or are we just kind of like sleeping on the street? Are we, so uh, you have, do we you have, have to uh, go in and chip together to get a room? So you have, I just, uh, like, um, sorry, you have a hundred gold right now. Mm -hmm. So go ahead and write a hundred gold in your character sheet to do whatever you want with. So you have a hundred gold to spend to find a room yourself, or if you want to talk to any of the other adventurers, to see if they want to split costs, split rooms or anything like that, by all means, that's up to you. But 100 gold is more than enough for you to get food, lodging. It's a lot of money, basically. So okay. it's a decent amount, I should say. Decent amount. 
So what Sam's going to do is he's going to go out and find a meal. Okay. Fit for a Goliath. Um, and then he's going to find a, a little bit of ale. Not too much, though. He doesn't want to get too drunk, you know. And then he's going to get a room, which is probably doesn't want to split a room because him being so big might be a little uncomfortable for a, tor- tor- uh, a turtle man and a, uh, an elf. So, <laughs> all right. And he snores. So, yeah, probably be a little considerate to his teammates. Okay. And as the four of you step out of the office, Kai, you notice your wolf Luna is sitting outside waiting for you peacefully. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to walk up and collect my wonderful wolf Luna. And I'm just going to go find a meal at the closest tavern. And then as I do, I'm going to actually step outside of town and just sit next to a tree with my wolf and take a nap. Okay. And the tortle, Yelar, what is Yelar doing? Oh, so as he gets up, finishing kind of stuff in his face, uh, thank you for the delicious food. Um, may I ask where is the closest lodging? I would, uh, it would be nice to sleep in a bed. It's been a while. And so we'll just say this is this conversation takes place before you get your potions and you step out. Garrison looks at Yalar. There's the closest lodging is two blocks from here. Just turn right out of my office once you exit my building. Go down the road, two blocks down, turn left. There's a place there. Decent place for a decent price. Well, thank you kindly. And uh, he's going to head out and get a room. All right, cool. So with all of you doing your own thing, you're all able to sleep well for the night. And at this time, we're going to go ahead and time skip to the morning. It is now 7 a.m., and that is the time that all of you are supposed to meet this Eska. So at the top, I have revealed another map. It's like a forest-looking map. You should be able to see it. I put Luna there. Go ahead and place your characters kind of at the bottom kind of area where you're going to be meeting up here. So I want, if, if it's okay with you, yeah. Um, my character, I want to get there a little bit early. Okay, no, that's I fine. Be like, that's I want to be like chilling in a tree. Um, preferably maybe this tree right there, this okay. tree. Okay. And I'm kind of like, I'm kind of like scoping out the area. Um, not only that is with, with the thieves chant ability being able to like learn, like, uh, there is ways of like seeing if there's any kind of like codes or anything, the pathways, secret loot, anything like that. Um, can I, can I do that skill? Is it like a perception check or something like that? Yeah, you can do a perception check. Mm. All right, a five. All right, so... Uh, <laughs> Might want to move those branches out of your way first. <laughs> <laughs> so with a five, Sam, you get there early. You're the first one there. You get there pretty early. How early would you say you get there? 30 minutes early? Hour 30 minutes early? early. Okay. You get there 30 minutes early. You're the first one there. Again, this is at the edge of town, and it's leading out into the grasslands, the fields, before you hit the Shalune Woodlands. You're not at the Shalune Woodlands just yet. But because it's right there outside of town, as you're looking around in this tree, all you see is the pathway leading outwards to the fields, going to some of the smaller forests. And 
with a five, you don't, you don't really see anything that really sticks out other than the basic path that you can follow out of town. You're, you do know you're heading northwest from Esalari into the Shalune Woodlands. That's, that's going to be quite a ways away. But there is not anything of secret that you can really spot. No one's hidden anything. It's a very well-traveled path. Okay. Yeah. But we'll say uh, <laughs> as you're sitting in the tree there, you're kind of just waiting around. Everyone else, you all are you all ra- arriving around the same time, 7 a.m. sharp? I'm always five minutes early. Okay. I'm going to be the last one to show up. That figures. <laughs> okay. So, as I was actually over here in the woods taking his nap. Okay. <laughs> ah, I like it. Do you watch me climb the tree? Yeah. <laughs> or or not really climb the tree, reach up, grab a branch, and pull myself up. Right. Yeah, yeah, he did. And he figured you were uh, trying to just get there early and scope things out, so he didn't say anything not to hurt your pride. That's fair. That's nice. Eckhart, the, the fact that I rolled a five and I didn't see you sitting over there <laughs> with a big ass wolf. Is... <laughs> Eckhart rolled a twenty three on his perception, and he's just taking the very obvious look at. Um, I can only imagine that. Uh, uh, Sam, are you in that tree? Uh, you're a bit too heavy for it, friend. I, it's Boeing. Um, the whole tree's just leaning forward. At this yeah, I just imagine the tree is just like weighted and halfway to the ground while he's peeking through the top the canopy of it. So um, I'll hop down because I have uh, I'm pretty acrobatic. So I just hop down from my little area, grab a couple branches as I land. Do you need me to do any kind of check on that? Uh, you hopping down just from where you're at? Yeah. Uh, go ahead and just make me, you know what? An just acrobatics? Go, yeah, go to make an acrobatics yeah. just, just to oh, see what Jesus happens. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> okay, okay, you got you got a 20. You, you, did, I, did I stick the landing? Yes. I was, I was <laughs> hoping he would fail and like the tree would swing just back up. Just eat it. <laughs> well, I was gonna, you're able to jump off, flip, and do cartwheels in midair and land on your feet. If you had rolled a one, I would have said the branch you were standing on would have snapped and you fell on your face. <laughs> uh, seeing not, not that, bad Kai, for a big man. Kai claps and Luna barks in approval. <laughs> not bad for a big man, eh? Uh, you're the, the big man's a good word for you, tall fella. <laughs> I just chuckle and kind of just, just uh, kind of, kind of chuckle and just look around some more. <laughs> All right. So as as the three of you are or the two of you are watching Sam jump down from the tree. Yilar, you're the last to arrive out of the four of you. Uh, do you say anything or you just kind of just pop your head in? <laughs> um, so as, I, as I'm walking up, I'm having a conversation looking at um, my staff. Uh, so my staff has, uh, it's like a, it has uh, it's like an old branch um, kind of wrapped around like a um, a large jewel that has a kind of a face on it, almost like um, how people used to see like the Elvis in the toast, like when they cook their toast and they people say they seen Elvis or whatnot. <laughs> um, so he's having a conversation with him as he uh, as he walks up. No, you did not need to sleep in the bed. Uh, you, uh, you were fine right there. Bog, why must we argue? 
And uh, as I walk up and see everyone there, oh, uh, hello. Morning. That's a fancy gem you was talking to back there. Is that your friend? It is not a gem. It is my friend. His name is Bog. It's my best friend. We were friends since children. You know, I've, I've never been one to really question the motives of tortles. You all are uh, a very unique grouping of people. And if you like to talk to rocks, well... He is you... not a rock. You need to take that back. I do. My well, friend, Bog. People do not respect you, Bog. I don't know why. And I mutter under my breath, probably because he's a rock. <laughs> You would know. <laughs> I've heard tales of Goliaths throwing rocks 400 paces. With dead point accuracy, too. Just remember that. Well, that'll be helpful, hopefully. <laughs> Has anyone seen the woman we're supposed to be helping on this trip? She has Hold not. Yeah, she has not made an appearance just yet. She falls out of a tree. <laughs> 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 There goes our bonus for not having a scratch. <laughs> All right. So, what well, uh, I, I noticed, Kai, you wrote a perception check. What are you trying to do with your perception check? I'm just looking around. Okay. So, as as Yalar steps towards the group, and Eckert and Sam are having a conversation with Yalar, Kai, you're looking around, and as you're looking around with the perception of 21, again, you notice the sun is slowly, or the sun's already up. And it is a nice day. The path before you is completely clear. There's no one walking the path. There aren't, there isn't anything that sticks out necessarily other than a couple of trees and that dirt pathway. And then the town behind you is Solari. And you do feel, all of you feel the wind begins to blow. You can feel it kind of just brushing up against your faces. It is a beautiful day out. However, Kai, with a perception of 21, Eckert, you had just asked if anyone has seen the woman you're supposed to escort to the decaying waste. Uh, she is nowhere to be seen. However, Kai, as you're looking around with the perception of 21, you do notice that a gust of wind slowly begins to pick up ahead of all of you on the dirt path. And as you see that gust of wind pick up a bit, you can see like the leaves on the ground begin to rustle a little bit more fast, quicker than normally with normal wind and you can see it begins to create this like small tiny tornado like effect with the leaves on the dirt path and as you see that a mist slowly begins to appear around the, the floating leaves and as this mist appears so does the woman known as Eska and she appears before the four of you let me grab her avatar over here put it over here and as she appears within thin air you all notice she is a human woman and she looks to be middle 20s you're not sure it's kind of hard to tell but she has long white hair and her clothing is that of the eastern continent of a shy it is clothing that is not common here on the continent of Tyrister. And what you see before you, she has basically think of a yukata or a, or a kimono kind of look to her upper half of her clothing. 
And tied around the yukata looking top is an obi, which is that large belt that wraps around their waist, like on a kimono. And around the waist of this yukata, she has this blue yukata on with this red like obi wrapped around it. And it is a shorter yukata. Think of like the kimonos go all the way down to the ankles. She has a much shorter yukata that comes up to probably above her knees, but underneath it, she's wearing pants, black pants. And over her yukata, she has this bluish cloak, kind of like this long jacket. And around her neck, it's black fur on this jacket. And she has these long red sharp-like fingernails and her eyes are piercing blue. And as she appears, you already have the sense, oh yeah, she has magic. She just appeared out of thin air. You all can feel the sense of magic coming from her. Especially Eckert, you can get, you you being a cleric, you can tell that in Yalar, both of you can tell that magic is coming from her. And as she appears, she has this katana that is attached to her waist. It's about a two-handed katana. And that seems to be the only weapon that she holds on her. And on her back, she has this bag with all of her, her belongings. And as she appears, she looks up at the four of you. You are the adventurers that Garrison has promised. Are you here to escort me to the decaying wastes? Eckert, did oh, yes. You go ahead, Yilar. Uh, that's all I was just going to say. Just yes. Uh, Eckert rolled a history check of a 19, which I did not expect to do well on my history because I have a zero. But um, <laughs> Hey, the dice tell the story, man. Magic is one thing, but you don't seem like you come from these parts. Eska looks over at Eckert. No, of course not. I come from the eastern lands of Ashai. You've heard of that that place, yes? I am going to roll. Um, he spent most of his time on the far western side of Tirister, so. Okay. All right. Uh, well, so, I guess so, I have. <laughs> yes, so let's go ahead and say, Eckert, you, and I know, Kai, you just rolled a history. I'll go ahead and do Eckert really quick. Eckert, you have spent most of your t- your life on the western side of Tirister. Now, on the western side of Tirister is mostly the decaying wastes, and above the decaying waste is Asya and the dwarven nation of Virbaldor. Now, in the decaying waste, you are an Azurian soldier, so your fellow brotherhood, known as the Azurian Brotherhood, Many of the soldiers that comprise of that army and that stronghold are from all over Tirister. So you being, being one of the Azurian stronghold, even though you've lived most of your life over there in the decaying waste on Tirister, you have met several people that have come all over Tirister and even other continents to join you in your cause of the Azurian Brotherhood. So you have, you have definitely heard of a shy. You just don't know necessarily the history or the culture there necessarily fair whoa uh protect you as best we can i'm sure and she looks over 
at the three of you. Kai, you had rolled a history check. What were you trying to see if you knew what uh, yeah, a shy see if was? I heard about a shy. Okay, so with a 16, we'll just say that's a, that's a little bit higher than a base 10. With a 16, you've heard you've heard random bits and pieces of the continent of Ashai. The continent of Ashai and what happens there is really not that big of a, a thing for any of the nations here in Tirister. The continent of Tirister, all the nations here, truthfully really stick to themselves. The only nation in Tirister that would most likely have most of the information of the happenings in Ashai would be Estelle Duin, the, the nation of the high elves. And as you can, as you know, Estelle Duin is the mainland nation on the continent of Tirister. And Estelle Duin is connected by another island known as the Ayandore Isle. The Ayandore Isle is off past the Feyline Straits. It's in the ocean south east of the continent and Ayandre Isle is where most of the old high elves that uh, are from Tirishter reside. Many of them know of Ashai and many of them know of the happenings of Ashai. So most of the nations here don't really care about what's going on in Ashai. There's not much, there's not much trade or anything like that. Tirishter itself is fairly fine on its own as a continent and most of Tirister does not have to reach out for much trade or anything like that. Now, several people have traveled to Ashai and vice versa, but it's just not a common thing. So you have heard of it. You just, you have no idea anything about it though. Eckerd would know just a little bit more of Ashai than you, Kai. Um, but as, as, as Eckerd speaks, uh, the woman, she just nods her head to the four of you very well. If you are the ones Garrison have promised to travel with me to the decaying waste, then let us let us go. You may call me Eska. I come from Ashai, a small nation known as Aloria. It is a pleasure to meet all four of you. I am a woman of magic, and I will warn you now. I have provided your boss, Mr. Garrison Malibrun, enough gold to pay all of you for the rest of your lives. Gold here I hear is the main form of currency if I, am, if I understand correctly. Back home, gold isn't necessarily our form of currency, but there is a lot of it. So with the gold I have offered, it seems that all four of you should be well paid. How far is the decaying waste from here? So that would be a thing that Eckerd would probably be yeah, able to. Yeah, Eckerd. Yeah, um, <clears throat> he's probably made this trip in the past. Uh, but knowing Eckerd, just in general for the Darkfin marshes, he's probably tried to avoid that. But just looking at that general walking path, um, he'll just kind of lay out. Oh, well, Eska, it's going to be quite a trip. We're looking at several weeks of continual travel and not staying anywhere for terribly long. I've, uh, I'm admittedly not super knowledgeable when it comes to the Darkfin Marshes. Uh, although we do have a, a denizen with us, um, and I'll toss that to our turtle friend, Yilar. Ah, we're going through some marshes then. And she looks over at Yalar. Mr. Yalar. You know much of these 
Darkfin Marshes? Hmm. Yes, that's uh, where I was born. When would you know of the quickest and safest path through there? Um, what would I roll? So you would definitely know the the best the best route to take. You won't have to roll this just because your character's well traveled and you are from the Darkfin Marshes. Now I don't know if you have the map up of the Darkfin Marshes, but you do, do. know that the closest town for traders and anyone traveling from Estelduin into the Darkfin Marshes would be the Orkish town of Ogrog. Ogrog is in a welcoming town full of traders. Adventurers stop there. It's on the, it's close to the border of Darkfin Marshes and Estelduin. It would be the safest bet to travel to that town for supplies after you pass the Shulune Woodlands and then to travel northwest from Ogrog following the edge of the borders of Darkfin Marshes before you get to the goblinoid nation of Zogun. And you do know, all, all of you actually do know, that Zogun is a nation that is controlled and comprised of mostly of goblinoids. So Zogun is actually led by a democracy, and their, their ruler is a hobgoblin. And most of the goblinoids in Zogun are actually good people. It is something that the Eastern people of Ashai are not familiar with. Most of the hobgoblins that they know of are actually evil, where the hobgoblins and goblinoids from Zogun here in Tearster are, are actually mostly all good. So you know, once you get through the Darkfin Marshes, traveling through Zogun should be a piece of cake. It's when you get to the decaying waste that it can get fairly troublesome. But you would want to travel along the borders, kind of tiptoeing from the Darkfin Marshes into the Kurumo Plains to get to Zogun. Okay. Um, uh, I suggest that uh, we head to Ogrog and head northwest along the border. My dear Yalar. Eska looks at the turtle. How dangerous would you say the Darkfin marshes are? For for me or for you? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I find it, find it quite lovely. For us as a group. I say we'd be best on our toes. <laughs> I love you a lot. He sounds like a Winnie the Pooh mixed with like a, a Southern Belle. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that statement. That is a very. Oh, that's what I was trying to get. That took me a while. I love to get it. That voice. I love it, Rod. I love it. Keep it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, can uh, I had so, um, my character is pretty fucking dumbfounded right now because, uh, now he is an, an intelligent individual, but his wisdom is not so hot. So seeing a woman appear out of midair, like just poof. I mean, of course, the man doesn't use any magic or anything like that. He's still kind of dumbfounded. Okay. Um, so he kind of makes a sly remark, too, uh, after she says, well, how hard is it going to be? And he's like, well, this should be the easiest bag of coin we've ever made. She can just appear out of thin air. She could just hide from everything. You say that out. You say that out loud. Yeah, I, I say it out loud, but I, like I don't. 
I don't say it loud enough for like everybody to hear, but it would definitely be loud enough for her to hear. Okay. Okay. Um, Eska looks at the Goliath and she sees how tall you are and she just nods your way. My dear friend, what is your name? Sam. My dear friend, Sam, my magic is not meant to hide from my foes. It is meant to destroy them. Now, what you just witnessed was more of like a, a transfer spell. I am able to use the wind and the water to create what is called a misty step. It allows me to teleport technically. It is not one where I can use to hide necessarily. Now I am hiring all of you, not because I'm afraid of what may be out there in the Darkfin marshes or Zogun or even the decaying wastes. I am hiring you to defend me from what chases after me. Fiends from Ashai, they come for me. And they are not ones that you folks here in Tirister have probably ever seen. I take pride in my magic and I won't hide it from any one of you. I am a sorceress from the nation of Aloria. I am trained in combat, both physically and magically. And she looks at the four of you, kind of turning her head from Kai all the way back to Sam. I am not a simple woman that requires protection because I cannot fight. No, no, no. I am a soldier and I am one that is not afraid to kill. I've slit the throats of my enemies while they lay there sleeping. I've killed innocent people because I've had to. Now, I am not here because I necessarily need your aid from whatever resides here in the nations on Tirisir. No, no, no. What chases me is something far worse. So I hope all four of you are prepared for any battles that may happen. Now, my goal is to reach this Azurian stronghold without any trouble. And like I said, the gold I have provided your boss, this garrison, it is nothing. Gold back home means nothing to me. It means everything to people here. I have plenty more of it. Does that mean we get a pay raise? <laughs> she, she looks at Sam. Perhaps. It depends on how well you do. But we, we shall see. Fair enough. <laughs> and she looks at the four of you again, back at the other three. So now that we have an understanding of what, what I am, what I've done, just know this. I can fight. Yes. Now, as far as what I know of the four of you, please explain to me what all of you can do so that I can assess what I must do if we ever do come into combat. Not only am I a soldier, I am a strategist, and I would like to know what your strengths and weaknesses are. And she looks over at the closest person, which would be to her right. She looks over at the wood elf, Kai. She points at you and looks down at your wolf. What about you? 
What are your strengths? What are you good at? I see that you have a bow strapped to your back. Are you a ranger of some kind? Yes, I am a ranger. And this is my wolf, Luna. I would say my strengths lie with long distance combat, but I am not opposed to getting close. I see. And then she looks to the person next to you, Kai, which would be Yalar. And you, my turtle friend, you spoke of magic earlier. Tell me, what kind of magic do you hold? I am curious. Yeah, so I'm familiar with magic myself. I, uh, I'm a warlock. And the one that gave me his powers, I agree. I am not afraid to kill myself. And I'd like to introduce you to my friend, Bog. He kind of just presents his staff. This is Bog. Esco looks at your staff. You said it was like a like a, a rock tied to the top of the staff. Is that how you're No, it, it's like it's a it's like a branch. Um, it's mostly straight, but the, the top the of it grown over it. There, like, yeah, it's kind of okay. Okay, the, it splits off and kind of wrap it naturally wrap itself around. Gotcha. The okay. end of it. So it's All like right. entangled. Eska looks at Bog, and she nods her head. It is a pleasure to meet you, Bog. And then she looks to the next person, which is Eckhard. And what about you? You are a very armored individual. Um, Eckhart does normally walk around with a full helm on. So he is in full plate. He does have some old regalia uh, on him of the Azurian Brotherhood. Um, and he is carrying a very large halberd. He does not carry a shield. Um, <clears throat> uh, well, uh, I've been around a fair amount of time, not quite as long as my elven friend. Glad to have you here. <laughs> uh, but uh, you stay within the reach of my halberd, and I'll make sure I keep you well healed. I'm a devout follower of one of the gods here in Tyrister. I'm unsure of how much you know about them, but I follow Penella, goddess of medicine, goddess of protection. Eska nods to you. Ah, yes, I have studied much of the gods here of Tyrister. They're very different than the ones back home in Ashai. I hear they are known as, uh, there are two different sects, right? The Octatic Divines and the Heptatic Evils. Am I correct? You would be right, Eska. I follow of the Octatic Divine. Yes, I have heard much of the deities here, Tyrister. Our gods back home are known as something different. The Omni Kami. Have either of you ever heard of them? The Earthly Sky Dragons... The, the great deer spirit, or the great crane spirit, known as Raicho. Ever heard of them before? <laughs> Can't say as I have, but if they're anything like the ones we have here, you can have trust, knowing that you will be well protected. Ah, yes. Oh. I personally do not follow a specific god. However, I do understand the meanings behind the deities of your tierster, just like are Omnikami. They are very important to the people in the culture back home. And they too have powers that are far more divine than any mortal in Ashai. So I have respect for the gods here. I 
would never disrespect any of them. To disrespect one would to disrespect all. So I hope that you and your goddess, Penella, watch over us on this journey. And then she, she looks over at uh, Sam, and I notice, Sam, you have rolled a religion check. Are you that, I'm pretty, pretty knowledgeable in, a diver- since I got a 23, I mean, would it be pretty diverse in all religions or the specific religions she's speaking of or like this religions of our, our um, continent? All right. So how does that work? So with the 23, Sam, I'm going to go ahead and say, because you have never heard of really much of a shy, you don't know much of it. Mm-hmm. I will say you don't under, even with a 23, you would probably need at least a 30 to understand a little bit of the Omni Kami. However, with a 23, you know of the religions and the deities of Tirister. You, okay. you know, plentiful that there are eight gods that are considered good they're known as the octatic divines. Mm-hmm. And then there are seven gods that are considered evil. And you know them as the heptatic evils. Now those, the, the heptatic divines and the heptatic evils are basically the pantheon for Tyrister. You know every god and goddess of Tyrister with the 23. So there's no, would you say that there's any gods that are kind of in between like a chaotic, a chaotic neutral kind of god? Yes. So you do understand that in the octatic divines, although all of the gods that are labeled under the octatic divines are considered good, there is, there are gods that are neutral as well. So out of the octatic divines, there's one god that is considered a true neutral god. And that is Orion, the god of beasts. All the other gods under that octatic divine are considered some form of good. Okay. In the in the heptatic evils, all of the gods under that umbrella are considered evil. However, there are other gods that you do know of. So another god that you definitely know of that is considered a true neutral god as well. She is Undine, the goddess of the seas and passage. She is considered the goddess that leads people from one continent to the other through the passage of the seas. She is a true neutral goddess. Many people on Tirisha don't necessarily, I would say, worship her because she is not a specific deity that's tied to Tirister. She is more of a goddess of the seas. So all the continents know of Undine. Okay. So um, when she looks over at me, I'm kind of chuckling uh, because of the fact that um, Yalar was speaking to the rock again and kind of shoved the hey, look at my friend kind of thing um, in to Eska. And then the, the speak of religion. And I say, uh, I know much of your foolish gods. We do not praise a god in my guild. We only praise money. Eska looks at Sam and she just has this slight smile on her face. Oh, yes. I know plenty of individuals just like you back in Ashai. Now, I am not here to judge anyone for following a god or for not following a god. I personally, I respect all of the Omnikami. And however, I do not necessarily worship any of them. The closest god that I would ever listen to or even take advice from would be the great Raicho, the great crane spirit. But even I am not a a devout follower of Raicho. But anyways, I'm not here to speak about the gods and goddesses of our lands and yours. 
I'm here to travel and to make it to the decaying waste in one piece. Are we all ready to go? I am as ready as I'll ever be. I'm prepped. All right. So with everyone here and ready to travel, I'm going to go ahead and say, so uh, Eska, she turns around and she begins to walk as she follows the path. I'm going to assume that we follow this path to the Northwest, correct? I heard or I hear that there is a woodlands known as the Shalone Woodlands that we must walk through in order to get to these, these marshes. Would this be the best path to take? Mm, yes, that would be the right route to go if you're trying to walk the routes of where these particular nations connect. Very good. And as we're traveling, I have plenty of questions for you and, and this, this land of Tirisher, if, if you do not mind me asking as we travel. Fun. I'm fine with it. I don't know about my command and companions, but uh, I've lived here long enough to have an opinion. <laughs> All right. So as the five of you begin to travel, it's, again, you're all on foot, no, no horses or anything like that. Uh, you all have your two potions, your two moderate potions. But as you begin to travel outside SLR, you begin to hit the main fields between the village or the town of SLR leading to the Shalune Woodlands. Now, all of you, I'm going to go ahead and say this. All of you are aware that on your way into the Shalune Woodlands, there is a elven fortress known as the Maysween Citadel. And this is a citadel that is comprised of nothing but Estelduin soldiers. And all of you know that all around the Shalune Woodlands, the nation of Estelduin is protected by several citadels with their soldiers. And these soldiers normally do not mess with any travelers coming to and from, but you do know that the citadel is close to the path you'll be taking. It is not a place you really have to go to, but it is a place that might show up on your radar if for every reason you do need to stop by somewhere for any possible supplies or anything. However, it is more of a military location and not one to where most travelers would just go to, just to go to. Uh, but as you're traveling, I'm going to go ahead and say you all can talk amongst each other, try to learn more about each other. But as you are traveling, you do know that Yalar mentioned the, the first town you want to hit when you enter the Darkfin Marshes is the Orcish town of Ogrog. That would be the first major town that you will be able to get supplies in. However, you all also know that the Shalune Woodlands, once you enter, is a dangerous place, especially during the night. But I want to go ahead and give you a quick little brief history of of this especially for i know jake your character is of the azurian brotherhood and this would be something for kai as well kai you're were, you were a soldier so you would understand some of the history with the azurian brotherhood and i kind of want to go over this just for a brief moment for our for our viewers as, as well as for world building and the azurian brotherhood they are not known to be a nation of any kind the Azurian Brotherhood has one place that they flock to in Tirister. Tirister, the Azurian Brotherhood have a 
fortress, a city known as the Azure Stronghold. It is located in the decaying waste to the north of it. It is very close to the southern borders of the forest nation of Asia, where Kai is from. Now, the Azurian Brotherhood, they are comprised of, as I said, many people all over Tirastur, and even people that have seeked a new home from other lands that have come to Tirastur. The Brotherhood is mostly formed of men and women that have pledged their lives to defend reverie, the world, from the demons and the devils that come from the decaying waste. All of Tirister knows the history behind the decaying waste. I'm going to go ahead and say, since all four of you are well-traveled individuals, you definitely know what the decaying waste is. The decaying waste used to be a nation many, many years ago, before any of you were even born. The decaying waste was once a thriving country known as Rokunra. Again, Rokunra on the map, the decaying waste is directly next to Zogun. And I mentioned Zogun is a country that is mostly comprised of goblinoids. So think of goblins, hobgoblins, and bugbears, and, and the such. In the world of D&D, mostly the hobgoblins, goblins, bugbears are usually depicted as evil people for the most part. At least the stereotype is that they're bad. No, no, no. In this world of Tirasur, Zogun, they are led by good goblinoids. And before the decaying waste became the decaying waste, the nation of Rokunra was led by goblinoid people that basically dealt with dark magics on the side and they played with fire that they could not hold. Things went a wire, and no one truthfully knows what happened. But many years ago, Rokunra fell when its lands became corrupted by the Underdark, the devils and demons themselves that follow the heptatic evils have basically corrupted the lands. And what is going on in the decaying waste is, is a dead land that is attempting to stretch and continue throughout all of Tirister. Now, the Azurian stronghold is a group of individuals that have made it their life's pledge to defend Tirister and all of the other continents in Reverie from this decaying corruption from reaching all the other nations. Now, many nations of Tirister have also set up fortresses in the decaying waste. And on the map, if, if you're looking at it, because I, I did send it, but you don't have to be looking at it. There are other fortresses. One is called Defender's Keep. The Dwarven nation of Virboldor has sent several soldiers, and they hold Defender's Keep there. The Elven nation of Estelle Duin has sent many of their soldiers there into a fortress known as the Ashalon Citadel. Between the Ashlan Citadel, Defender's Keep, and the Azurian Stronghold, led by the Brotherhood, the three of those fortresses and the soldiers that live there are what hold these demons and devils at bay. They stop the corruption from spreading into the rest of Tirister. Now, all the other nations also send people there when they can. However, Virbaldor and Estelle Duin, as, as well as Zogun, are the three heavy hitter nations 
that do their best to hold back any of the corruption that spreads. Now, the Azurian Brotherhood, they are not tied to any nation. They are a free band of people, and the stronghold is their city. They are a people of strong will, and they've seen the harshest and darkest times while living in the decaying wastes. Now, all of you know of this. So I kind of want to throw that out there. So when, when Eska says, I want to go to the decaying waste, this is no joke. This is not something any normal adventurer would attempt to do because the decaying waste is a deadly place filled with the strongest and most powerful of demons and devils that attempt to corrupt those that they come across, if not just slaughter. So keep that in mind for your characters as you're traveling to the decaying waste. And the Rakunra, the people that survived that fallout before that terrible incident happened, they traveled, the survivors had traveled to the east, to the nation now known as Zogun. So the people of Zogun are basically the descendants of the people that were originally from Rukunra. So they have made it their life's duty to support the Azurian stronghold to help keep that from basically continuing onwards. So a little bit of a background. I want you guys to keep that in mind for your characters. When you come across hobgoblins and goblinoids, yes, there are evil hobgoblins. There are bad uh, goblins and bugbears. But the ones in Zogun specifically are mostly good people. So keep that in mind when you do come across any of them. Just want to throw some more of Tyrister's history at the audience as well as you. And I hope you all appreciate it. I know it's, it's a lot. <laughs> but this was a way, the side stories is a wonderful way for me to explore and explain more of the world's history. I love it. So, mm-hmm. so, so keep that in mind. So again, so as the four of you are, are traveling, you know, you have the Azurian Brotherhood in mind, you're going to the decaying waste, and Eska is kind of listening to your stories of whatever you want to share. She's trying to get an understanding and a feel of, of your personalities because she, she's traveling with you all for, for a couple of weeks, probably months since you're on foot, and she wants to get an idea of who you are individually. For who knows, maybe she's trying to be friendly or maybe she just she's bored. You, you just don't know. But as you're traveling, this is a great this is a great moment for any role playing purposes. Before I do a fast travel here, is, is there anyone that wants to share anything or or role play anything before we continue? I do. Okay. All right. Go ahead. So I look over at uh, Yular and I I kind of look at him and I look at his uh, the staff and I say, so how did you and Blog meet? Kind of with a chuckle in my voice, though, like. I'm not like pick poking at him or making fun of him. I'm, it's like a serious question, but knowing that it's a rock, it's it's a Goliath thing. I'm gonna go ahead and say it's a Goliath thing. <laughs> <laughs> if you must know, Bog here is my childhood friend. As I said, we were attacked as youth, and. I helped defend our little village. And after that, I was kicked out. And Bog here stayed with me. I mean, he was hurt a little bit, but I mean, <laughs> you see, he's here. He's just fine. 
Your town people sound like ungrateful assholes. Mm. They just fear what they don't understand. And what I don't understand is how does one young total save an entire town that's scared and defenseless? Mm -hmm. I came upon an opportunity. Uh, someone offered me power to defend my village and I took it and he showed me what true justice really is. Justice, you say? Yes, justice. Um, I just continue to walk at that point. Just kind of, I'm kind of puzzled. I don't want to ask any further because I don't want to make uh, this the rock mad. You don't know what you don't want to know what true justice is. What do you mean by true justice? Then I was gonna leave it be, but I was scared you were gonna hit me in the head with that rock. <laughs> it is not a rock. It is my friend Bog. Does Bog speak with you? Why, yes. He's quite shy. He only talks to me. Whatever you say, man. <laughs> it's not my first time hearing of warlocks and their interesting friends. Just uh, please don't go about sac try attempting, attempting to sacrifice any of us, please, and thank you. <laughs> but sacrificing is not true justice. Well, unless you deserve it. And <laughs> card at that point kind of tights up a little bit and goes, so we're moving north, northwest, <laughs> huh? All right. Um, um, go, go ahead. Sorry. No, 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 you're fine. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, too, is like uh, a little bit after that as I'm walking, too, um, I get closer kind of like on this side, right, maybe like right there. And I look down at Luna and I go to stick my hand out and like try to pet the 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 wolf and what what does luna do i don't really oh, luna, try to luna will let you luna will let you as long as you're part of my crew luna will let you she doesn't snarl or anything doesn't sniff me doesn't just kind of no. takes the little head rub with my one finger <laughs> yeah she is very well behaved she is letting okay. you pet her <laughs> so kai how did you and luna become so close during my time as a soldier, I ended up finding her as a pup in the woods. We've just been together ever since. Love at first sight, you would say? If that helps you sleep at night, yes. You're awkwardly close with that dog, but we'll just... <laughs> at least you're not talking to a rock. I heard that. He's not a rock. Please, please, please just don't hit me with him. Uh, ask a... <laughs> Eska, having heard most of this conversation, she looks over at Yalar, who seems to be kind of straggling behind everyone. And she just nods over at the turtle. You say you are a warlock, one that wields the magical powers of your lovely patron. I have to say, warlocks are indeed rare back in the Shy. Are hmm. they fairly common here in Tirister? <laughs> Good question, given, Eska. Given me being mostly in the marshes, uh, I'm the only warlock that I know of. But I've heard there's plenty of more. You see, back at home on the continent of Ashai, 
It is not warlocks that are common. It is sorcerers. Do you know much about the sorcerer, my friend? Uh, can I do a check? Yeah, go ahead. To see if I know. Uh, what would that be? Religion? Uh, you could do or, you can do a history or you can just even do Can uh, I do an arcana or Yeah, arcana, you can do an arcana if you'd like. I mean, I would allow it. I'd allow it. Boom. Okay, 19. So you, you you definitely have an understanding of sorcerers. And for Kai and Patrick, I know you, I, both of you are still fairly new to D&D. I don't know if you know the difference between a warlock and a sorcerer. So the the, the major difference between a sorcerer and a warlock is a warlock only gains the magical powers from a patron that they create a pact with. So basically this patron allows them to cast magic. Whereas a sorcerer is different than a warlock because a sorcerer is born with the ability to cast spells. It is like, it is like, uh, it comes to them like innately. It's not something they fully understand at first they just know they can cast magic and most of the time it is due because of their bloodline in some way shape or form something about their bodies allows them to do it so a prime example of a sorcerer and uh, one would be for example a sorcerer of the draconic bloodline a sorcerer might wake up one day it could be when they're young it could be when they're middle aged and they might be able to shoot a fireball out of their hands for no reason a firebolt I would say. <laughs> and they, some might understand why and some might not understand why, but the, the fact of the matter is a sorcerer knows they can do it and they just do it. Unlike a wizard, a wizard is an individual who studies magic, one who has to write spells down in a book. Think of like Harry Potter. They have to learn how to cast magic through studies and things like that. So that is the major difference between your warlock, your wizard, and your sorcerer. But Eska looks... Atilar, hmm. Yes, indeed. Again, it is not very common to run into warlocks. I have tangled with a couple, and she looks at Yalar. However, I must warn you, Yalar. I'm sure you are well knowledgeable of this, but depending on your, your, your lovely patron and who you've created this pact with, be very careful on the things you do for this patron. I have seen warlocks driven mad due to the actions of their patrons. And I hope that is not something that we'll have to worry about during this adventure. Is it something we have to worry about, Hilar? Oh, no, no, not at all. As long as I bring my patron victims of justice, then everything's all right. Very good. And you have a promise from me that my sorcery, I am well understanding of where it comes from. You have nothing to worry about my magic. However, I am in agreement with you, Ilar. I am not afraid to use it to bring justice to those that deserve it. And you know, you must be careful though. Seeking too much power is a dangerous road. Be very careful for what you seek, my friend. I have seen many, many back home in Ashai fall to such, such things as power. Power drives individuals crazy, drives you mad. 
most of the time, it's never enough when you obtain it. Keep that in mind, my dear friend. Oh, no worries here. All right, I have a question. What's so question? with the Arcana, which I don't understand why my uh, character has pluses in Arcana, uh, but with Arcana, does it mean you can sense the presence of things? Yes, so Arcana, Arcana, however you want to pronounce it, it is definitely tied to magical attributes. So for example, if a wizard <laughs> wanted to study an item that might have magic tied to it, they would roll an arcana check to see if they can like sense any magical attributes or if they can get like an idea of what spell was just casted, things like that. All right. So with me rolling a 20 for my arcana and then me rolling a 23 with my religion, am I able to sense the 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 presence of anything inside of the, the rock? That would be up to Yalar. That would be up to Rod. Uh, with a 20 with an arcana of 20 it, it, it you would you would probably i don't know though because i don't know if the rock has any magic that's up to rod or or would i be able to um would i be able to sense what what god he made a pact with with my religion with knowing the religion that i know and then getting that for the arcana so with a 20 arcana i would say are you proficient in arcana uh, apparently I have a plus six on it. I don't know why is, is, being a rogue. <laughs> is there, is there a, a, check, a mark? check mark? Yes. Okay. Well, I mean, so you, your character has tangled with Arcana at some point if you're proficient enough. So you, you get the sense that knowing most of the religion, you have an idea of what all the gods and goddesses are in Tearister. Um, you can sense the magic with a 20. You don't know you're not going to be able to know what kind of magic in terms of the God per se, but you, we can say you do sense a faint amount of magic coming from it. Okay. And, um, and uh, really quick, I'm going to, I know Jake, you rolled an insight. I'll get to you here in a second, take your time. but uh, Yalar, what were you about to say? I was about to say um, there is some magic radiating from the the rock or <laughs> the, the gym <laughs> I got it wrong yes so, so, yeah. so out, I mean, out of character yes it's <laughs> it's like a rock or like a gym but yeah so. so so the reason why I did that that kind of check is because I wanted to know if maybe with the the arcana that i have maybe if the the god that you made the pact with like resonated itself into that rock and that's why because you said you found it when you were a kid while you were being attacked and it kind of clung to you which you took it with you so i wanted to make sure that like if there was like anything resonating from it or if maybe the god kind of put itself into that rock and maybe that's what you're hearing you know but i'm sure with with without knowing you know i mean I, I'll just say I may end up explaining that later. Okay. Just put it that way. So I notice a little bit of stuff coming out of it, but yeah. not much. So it seems like Yalar doesn't necessarily explain everything to you, but you do get the sense. You have a feel. You have a gut feeling, Sam. So awesome. All right. So uh, Eckert, I'm sorry. You rolled a natural twenty. You have a twenty-six total on your insight. What were you attempting to do? Um, well, I think the core thing that he's trying to accomplish is, uh, for one, he wants to kind of get a good picture of what Eska's alignment is. Um, 
more literal um, just based off of the way that she's kind of talking, some of the nuances of her voice and, and um, really kind of what she is alluding to, even her talks around like how she's slit throats and bled people out and how she's battled with it. it am I getting the picture that she is a, a right, proper, good, good character, good aligned, or there's maybe a, a little bit of a, a neutrality there. All right. So being the older soldier that you are, you are definitely well experienced in, in seeing things throughout your life. And because you've got a natural 20, I, you, you definitely get this, this feeling, this gut feeling as she's speaking, you listen to every word she says, and you've caught on to some of the, the good and some of the bad. And you get the sense that with her mentioning, she is also, or was also a soldier at some point. You don't know if she still is. She mentioned being one. You do understand that she is definitely not scared of hiding the fact she has killed innocent people. However, she has never really mentioned why she's done it. Now, you get the feeling that she's definitely probably more neutral than anything. Gotcha. You get more of a feeling that she's the type of person that if you're in her way, she doesn't care who you are. Now, she's not necessarily giving off an evil like attitude or presence but more of like a just don't get in my way kind of character like you just don't know her enough but with a natural 20 you definitely get a feeling she's probably more neutral gotcha did she have any kind of like remorse in her voice when she was saying things like that or was she kind of like a a boasting definitely 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 not boasting and she did not sound very remorseful just kind of numb to it just yes somewhat numb to it in her voice she's a well-traveled soldier so uh, the reason why Eckhart is even slightly kind of being conscious or sensitive to that is it, it very much speaks to his experience and a big part of why he's not a soldier anymore so gotcha which makes sense which makes sense and as you all know some soldiers will do whatever they're told to do in mm-hmm depending on the mission, depending on what's going on in the world, things like that. It doesn't mean they're bad. It just means they're soldiers. They do what they're told. The thing is here is you just don't know. You just, your, your guess is she's a true neutral right now. Gotcha. And like, and like, and like Cass or Patrick asked, yeah, again, she's very numb to it. She's not the kind of person right now that's showing much expression in her, in her face. She's, she's, trying or at least coming off as very like matter of fact she's not trying to show her true her true emotions right away i mean she barely knows you right so that might come into play as you get to know each other more so as you do that uh you keep walking and we're gonna go ahead and say you follow the main path because there is a main path that leads you to the shalune woodlands but as you follow the main path it takes you a couple of days to even reach the Shalune Woodland. So you find yourselves camping out during the night when need be, well packed with supplies for food for the travel. You know you're going to be heading to Algrog for more supplies in between once you get to the Shadowfin Marshes. But we're going to go ahead and time skip just a little bit. And you all finally reach the Shalune Woodlands. And this is where the border of Darkfin Marshes crosses into Estelle Duin, but we'll go ahead and say that this is a great stopping point for our first episode of this side story. So we'll end it here for Taverns and Caverns.
Yeah. Good games, guys. You all did wonderful. And Kai and Patrick, you both did great for, again, being newbies to D&D. I loved having both of you here. Thank you so much for joining us, Jake and Rod. Thank you for having us, man. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank uh, Rod and Jake, thank you both for returning for another side story. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed this first episode. I hope you all had a great time. <laughs> oh, definitely. Uh, Definitely. I did. I did. Thank you very much. Awesome. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to Taverns and Caverns. But before we go, you can follow me on Twitter at HaphazardDM. Yeah. Uh, my name is Jake Life. You can find me on Twitter at JK Life. You can also find me on Instagram at the same. Yeah, I'm Rod, also Rodimus. I mean, I guess I'll go ahead and plug my uh, social media. Maybe it uh, might encourage me to actually use it more. You can follow me on Instagram at uh, Rodimus83 and on Twitter at Rodimus7901. And I'm Patrick. Thank you, Hap, again for having us and inviting us to this. And you can find me on Twitch at Casper, spelled with a K, uh, the Wicked, W-I-K-I-D. And you can also find me on Twitter and the same thing. I'm Mark. Thank you, Hap, for letting me experience my first time on D&D. I actually quite enjoyed myself, even though I was quiet for the most part. But uh, I have nothing to plug in social media-wise. All right, cool. Well, no problem. That's okay. But those are all of our players. You can find them all at the Twitter or Instagram handles that they've mentioned. And again, you can find Taverns and Caverns at tavernscaverns.com or Taverns Caverns on Twitter. Thank you so much, everyone. And you all have a wonderful day or night. <laughs>